there's a $1,000 grant that aims to provide cash assistance to families who were left out. And this is a project that was started by the Resurrection Project. And I believe that this was in conjunction with the city as well. Joining us to tell us more about it is Erandira Rendon, who is the vice president and immigrant advocate Immigrant Advocacy and Defense Project of the Resurrection Project. Did I get that right, Aaron? Yeah, that's that's pretty close. Pretty close. Oh, tell me, <laughs> yes. tell me how to say your name properly. Um, it's it's Erendira, but I go by Ere. Ere. Okay, perfect. Uh-huh. All right, mm-hmm. uh, it's a beautiful name. So, tell me Thank a you. little bit about the Resurrection Project. You guys have really been making headlines about this grant. Yeah, so, uh, well, the Resurrection Project's been around for 30 years, and we work on different, um, you know, our mission is to build healthy communities and do it by looking at the physical aspects of our community. So, you know, we own and we develop and own and maintain about 700 affordable apartments, as well as try to get families to build some family wealth, um, particularly through home ownership. And then we also work very, for a long time, have been working with the undocumented community of Chicago um, and Illinois for legal services, um, knowing know your rights work, as well as our advocacy and organizing efforts. So tell me about this uh, grant. It's $1,000. It's not a loan. It is a complete grant. And then how do you find the families? Um, do families apply or do you find the families? How does this work? Yeah, so we're partnering. Um, it's 20 organizations across Chicago that are processing applications. Um, all the information is on our website. And so, uh, you know, it's organizations that have a history of working with this population that has been left out of the stimulus um, package. Um, and so families are able to call and try to apply. The demand is incredibly high, much higher than we even anticipated. Um, so it's a challenge, but, you know, we're doing our best to answer as many calls and process as many applications, and we know that this initiative will take a few weeks. Um, and we're still raising money so that hopefully we can help as many families as possible. Well, we want to be really clear about the families. Uh, can you explain what uh, undocumented means and what mixed mm-hmm. mixed status families mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, you know, the undocumented families were left out of the stimulus package. That means that for any family or individual um, who do not have to file their taxes with what is called an individual's tax ID identification number. Um, so that's almost all undocumented folks. Um, you know, it's it's not actually well known, but undocumented people do file taxes through what through this ITIN number. Um, but anybody who filed taxes with this was left out. So that's all of the you know five hundred thousand undocumented people in the state of Illinois, um, and in in Chicago, one hundred and seventy thousand of them. However, um, the mixed status families were also left out. So even if you're a U.S. citizen, if you are married to somebody mm-hmm. who files with an ITIN, um, that left the entire family out. Um, so that's why um, it's a little bit more complicated. And, you know, this affected U.S. citizens basically just because of the person that they love. Um, so um, it's a big, uh, it's really hurting the immigrant community in Chicago, particularly uh, the Mexican immigrant community. And of course, um, in these mixed status families and in the undocumented as well, there is payment of taxes happening. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. So these folks, you know, we file taxes. Um, so IRS knows that, you know, knows their information and could very easily have decided to send them a check. Um, however, um, you know, in the negotiations in the Senate, um, they were deliberately left out. Um, so, yeah, 75% of all undocumented immigrants file taxes. Um, it's probably even a little higher in Illinois because of the amount of, you know, the amount of times that uh, folks have lived here in this state, um, as well is because the state has done a great job of working with uh, different you know, credit unions as well as organizations such as ours that help undocumented folks become homeowners. And, you know, they build credit through ITIN numbers and they file taxes through ITIN numbers. They wouldn't bank accounts through ITIN numbers. They have what's called the temporary visitor's driver's license with ITIN numbers. So a fairly established and uh, community that has lived here for a long time. Would you say that that's a common um, misconception that you run into a lot? Um, I think so, yeah. Um, you know, folks think that maybe undocumented immigrants, you know, come and go or just have most recently come over. Um, but, you know, immigration is at a net zero, more, you know, just as many people are leaving the country as are coming in. Um, and the, especially for, you know, Illinois and Chicago, we're not necessarily an immigrant. Um, you know, we're not getting as many immigrants anymore as we used to. New immigrants are going to states of Georgia, North Carolina. Um, they're not coming here as much anymore. So the population that's uh, in Illinois has been here for a long time. And when you talk about mixed status families, I mean, it's uh, how long can it be if, if you're a U.S. citizen and you've married somebody that doesn't have um, status? Mm-hmm. How long can that process take sometimes? Yeah, well, one is the length of time. The other is the obstacles that exist. So if somebody is married to, so if somebody's undocumented and they're married to a U.S. citizen, it sounds like it's easy to be able to apply. In reality, when you apply for most immigrants because they came in um, with what is called without inspection, meaning they cross the border, they actually have a 10-year ban. So they have to apply, um, and then for their final interview, they have to leave the country for their final interview with uh, immigration. And at the moment that you leave the country, um, you have a 10-year ban of coming back into the U.S. Um, so one, it's the uh, the length of time that could take. The other, the other problem is just that there is this law that passed in 1996 that almost makes it impossible for many immigrants to be able to adjust even if they are married to a U.S. citizen. And how do families, um, what, is there a certain sort of, um, do, you, do they have to meet certain criteria in order to apply for the grant? Yeah, so um, there's three main criteria. The first is that you have to be a Chicago resident, so that does unfortunately exclude some of the callers we had today, from like Cicero Berwin or Aurora. Right? Um, you have to be you have to be able to demonstrate that um, either through an ID or a utility bill, a bank statement, things like that. Um, that's the first um, requirement. The second is that your family must make under 300% of the poverty level. Um, we want to make sure that we're helping families that need the support. Um, and then um, the third is that you are ineligible for receiving, receiving a stimulus check. And I've seen, Era, that you have um, actually hand-delivered some of these checks. Um, how does that make you feel? Yeah, so that was part of our first project. We started the um, a resiliency fund. Those were $500 checks. Um, and, um, you know, I myself am undocumented. I have DACA. Um, DACA recipients did receive stimulus checks, by the way, but my parents who were undocumented did not. They don't qualify for this fund, though, because they don't live in Chicago. But um, 
so I just like know that um, how difficult these moments are when so many industries closed for months. Mm-hmm. Um, and that meant that our folks had to stay home and not make any income. Um, and our people, you know, like they're not eligible for things like unemployment insurance. They're not eligible for um, a lot of the uh, of the assistance that exists out there if it's funded by the federal government. Um, they're scared of getting tested. Um, if they end up at a hospital, they, you know, they're scared of getting massive hospital bills. And yet we're getting over, you know, we're getting COVID at a higher rate than most other populations. So being able to have families have some sort of relief in giving them this check. Um, you know, it's the difference between being able to put food on the table and not. So that's, um, you know, it's an honor to be able to do that. Is there a number or a website? What's the easiest way to help out or either let someone know about this program that uh, might need it? Yeah. Oh, Folks can go, sorry. Oh. <laughs> sorry, um, folks can go to resurrectionproject.org. Um, uh, backslash Chicago Fund um, to be able to, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, to be able to donate um, or if folks have questions about eligibility, that's the best website to go to. Wonderful. And is there a number you're giving out or you just prefer the website? I would prefer the website, especially since um, when it comes to applying, um, the demand is so high that mm-hmm. we're trying to keep the website as updated as possible. And of course, you are a dreamer, and I know that uh, the recent mm-hmm. uh, Supreme Court ruling gave you a bit of a reprieve. Um, can can yeah. you describe, uh, I've only got like a minute left, but in terms of uh, your history, how old were you when you came to the United States? Yeah, I was four when I came to the U.S. I came to be able to be, um, to grow up with my dad. Um, he had came here when I was eight months. Um, I'm 34 now, so mm-hmm. I've been here for 30 years. Um, and yeah, I mean, we were all expecting a negative decision by the Supreme Court. And at 9 a.m., I was hitting refresh button on, you know, the SCOTUS website and was incredibly shocked and, and happy of the result that came out. What's the one message that you would want to convey to someone who, you know, you've lived your entire life here. You don't remember anything about living outside of the United States, what's the one message you would hope to convey to someone maybe who feels, well, you know, the rules weren't followed and the rules are there for a reason? Yeah, just that, you know, it's time. The majority of the U.S. believes that we, um, you know, deserve to be here, that there should be a pathway towards us legalizing, um, and that that's what we ask for is a pathway, an ability to be able to put an application forward and say um, that I'm here, this is who I am, and I want to come out of the shadows. Era, thank you so much. Era Rendon, she is the Vice President of Immigrant Defense and Advocacy Project, part of the Resurrection Project. And of course, the website is resurrectionproject.org. Era, be well. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you.